This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Thank you so much for joining me as always. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a good week. I hope that you've managed to reach the weekend uh, uh, in a positive light and uh, I'm hoping that you are and yours as well are indeed uh, good, well, safe, all of those things. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get through this weekend with a modicum of, of success. It'll be good. Uh, there's there's something weird about the fact that you're playing against teams now in Burnley, in Brentford, in Wolves, in Luton, the, the next four league games before we have a few tougher fixtures against the likes of Villa and Liverpool and, and Brighton, for instance. There's something about them um, that comes like a level of expectation doesn't there like we talk about it as a favorable run of games but there's something that that also goes alongside that which is anything other than a defeat and the wolves are out um so which could be very well the case if in a few games time of course because that is exactly who we're playing but uh match day today very excited um looking forward to getting to the emirates and watching the lads play at a uh, a 3 p.m kickoff i know that it's not the most enjoyable kickoff time for those in the uk i for one I'm very privileged to be able um, to go to the games at the moment and, uh, you know, see these 3pm kickoffs. It makes it far easier. Um, but uh, let's, let's hope that it goes well. Good morning, those joining us in the chat box, though. Uh, thank you so much for doing so. Blackshine, Damien, Sweaty Merlot, Ray, Peter, uh, Stevie, Peter, Jimbo, Mr. Ree, NSW, Red Star, Amira, Sabre, Olawale, uh, Rancid, Paul, Maximir, Stephen. Uh, good morning to all of you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for all joining in and everybody else and those joining on Catch Up as well. It really does mean a lot. Um, just trying to make sure I didn't miss any miss anything. Uh, Jorgen says, feel like we fans when we lose, we're in a great crisis. But when we win, everything is great. And that's that's football. That That is football, Jorgen. Sabra says, how are you doing today? Better than yesterday. I'm surviving, mate. I'm alive, and that's what matters. Um, so, you know, um, just keep pushing forwards. Keep going forwards. That's the most important thing. Keep moving. And uh, well, that's what we're going to do. So let's move into uh, the first section of today's show, shall we? Um, 
with Arsenal facing off against Burnley. We did our preview show. Uh, you can join myself, Marcus, Alex and Dave uh, in yesterday's preview. Dave is a fantastic debutant that we had on. And I'm hoping that we can go through more of these, um, more of these shows and get them back to a greater regularity uh, in the coming weeks and months as well. So, yeah, that's that certainly is uh, is a positive. But uh, Arsenal's game against Burnley, we discussed kind of the the team news aspects. We discussed our lineups, injuries, and talked a little bit about transfers, even as well. We did it in a preview show. So, if you've not yet watched it, um, please, please do go give that. Uh, a rewind and a watch. It's the last upload on the channel before this one. Um, now, our, our big news from the training pictures is that both of Takahiro Tomiyasu and Eddie Nketiah were spotted um, in the uh, in in the in the pictures, which is obviously really positive because there was worries that both of them might not be fit. Now, just because they're training doesn't mean that necessarily um, they'll definitely be involved. We will have to wait and see whether or not that will be the case. But both of them being there is obviously really good. Um, so it's a really positive sign. Whether or not they'll start or be involved in the starting lineup or in the squad whatsoever, we'll have to wait and see until that lineup comes out at two o'clock today. But uh, that's obviously really, really positive. Uh, the bigger news, though, was that we've seen um, we've seen the news and being shared all around social media yesterday that uh, Makaya Saka was indeed spotted with the team ahead of the game. Um, now, that doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to be involved uh, in the group, because as we've all come to learn, that just being with that group doesn't necessarily guarantee you or mean that there is any guarantee that that Saka will indeed be uh, in the in the squad. Because we saw that against Man City, that he was at the hotel, he was with the players and having their pre-match walk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when it came to game day, he wasn't there. Uh, so yeah, there's no there's no necessarily a guarantee. It's not necessarily a guarantee uh, that Saka will indeed be with the group. But um, that is obviously still a really, really positive sign that he was there. Now, Mikel Arteta undertook his press conference yesterday in which he was asked, obviously, about the squad. And I think yesterday was a really unrevealing press conference in regards to kind of what we've come to expect from the manager. Uh, he says, on the latest team news, you mentioned we have a few. Uh, a few we are still in contention and we need to give them 24 hours to give them a chance to be involved in the game. But we won't know anything until tomorrow. Timber is for sure out. Thomas Partey is for sure out and probably Emil is out. But there might be a few more. So those might be, are, of course, Saka and Ketia, Tomiyasu, for instance, um, that we're not 100% sure whether or not they're going to be ready. Uh, hopefully, they will be um, interesting that he didn't mention uh, he didn't mention Jesus in that group. Uh, he was called up, of course, for the Brazilian national side. Uh, whether or not he's going to be involved in this game, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But considering he was called up for Brazil, there might be some semblance of hope. But I'm not particularly um, yeah, I'm not particularly hopeful because I don't think he was spotted with the team yesterday. Although I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Um, talking about being kind of called up for the England squad and if he'll be brought back like last time, he says hopefully not. We want our players to play for their club and play for their national teams and B had to leave the pitch because he was quite a lot of pain and he didn't train yesterday and let's see if he can make it today. So he was with the squad. So we don't know if he's actually trained, but he was with the squad, which is obviously a uh, a positive thing. He was asked about Thomas Partey's procedure and how long that might keep him out. And he says, no, hopefully not. He's progressing really well, but it was a significant injury. Hopefully it's going to be weeks and not months and he's working towards that. He needs support and hopefully the injury will heal him the right way and we'll have him back because he's a big player for us. And, you know, that constant concern, that constant worry about Thomas Partey's injuries does persist. But, uh, yeah, very, very frustrating. Um, 
He was asked about if Aaron Ramsdale, if he'll be selected for the Euros. And he says, I haven't spoken to him about that topic. No. Um, very short, very succinct answer. No elaboration on that. Very intriguing. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens in the next few days and weeks because obviously we're playing Brentford soon. So we'll play in that game. We've, we expect him to, to, you know, get some minutes there. But it's not looking great for, for Aaron Ramsdale's England future right now. Whether or not that will change about what he's going to do, whether he might leave. I guess we'll have to wait and see. He was asked about Burnley and about Vincent Company. He says, I'm not surprised at all about how he's doing. I think he was already a coach when he played. He was a leader, someone very intelligent that could navigate very different scenarios really well. In the dressing room and above, he understood the game really well. He spoke several languages and you could tell straight away that he was going to be a top coach. Obviously, he's had a very strong career already and what they did last year was incredible, especially the way they did it. In this Premier League, we all have difficulties. We all have moments and I'm really happy to see him doing what he's doing and I think that kind of Burnley have changed obviously under Vincent Company. that was one of the big reasons they were able to kind of blitz the championship and played so well but when you come to the Premier League you if you don't evolve if you don't tweak things if you become if you don't become a bit more rigid and defensively secure there is always the chance that you could be found out and I think that maybe uh, Burnley and Vincent Company have uh, kind of seen that. And Arteta says, looking back on the games they have played and the results they've got, in some of them, they merited much more than what they got. I don't think it reflects actually what they deserved in games, but that is the difficulty of this league. Sometimes when you deserve more, you don't get it because the quality of the opposition is so high. But the way that they have transformed their way of playing, the club and how they continue to play with the belief that they do, for me, it is remarkable so that's really good uh, I do want to discuss the point he said about Kai Havertz he was asked about if there's unwarranted pressure on the player and he says I don't know I can tell you that I'm really pleased with the way he's performing obviously looking at the numbers just specifically the numbers on what he's producing in front of goal those have to be improved and we have to improve them but in many other areas of the pitch what he gives to the team at the moment is really important and he's right it is really important um, but I just don't see how there can't be more concerns about him. I wrote a piece yesterday that was kind of discussing the idea of maybe one of the reasons why James Madison was not considered in the end and why Arsenal went down a different pathway. Because obviously we're seeing that James Madison is, is potentially out until the new year now with an injury that is worse than what they first feared at Spurs. And obviously Madison has suffered with a number of injuries during his time at Leicester. Um, that kept him out for extended periods. He missed something, something upwards of 40 games uh, for Leicester during those uh, kind of five seasons that he was there. And, and on the side of uh, on the side of uh, of Havertz, obviously he was at Chelsea for three years. He was by Leverkusen and the senior side for another three years, and he only missed something like you know just way less than half of that. So. It is maybe one of the indications that they looked at Madison and thought those injury records that he had just was not a reason as to why they went for him. And maybe that kind of put them off the idea of Madison. But he's still got a lot more goals and assists than Havertz has got so far. And Havertz has got to do a lot to try and catch up those numbers. And he's got the availability to be able to try and catch up those numbers. So, yeah, I, I guess we're going to have to wait uh, and find out. But uh, I, I hope that we can see, you know, Havertz deliver today because that would be great. Um I love this comment in the chat box um, from Henko. It says, I loved Arteta's 
answer where he used uh, the analogy of being bald. And I'll tell you what the full answer was. He was asked on reports that it would take 10 years to iron out the VAR imperfection. He says, I don't know. I will probably be bald in 10 years. Life will be very different. And maybe we'll have other rules in football. So I don't know. Let's try to do everything we can individually and collectively to improve the game in every aspect. And that's it. So, yeah, uh, very, very interesting indeed. Now, our headline story of the day is that there are reports emerging that Arsenal will have to pay around £60 million if they want to get their hands on Douglas Louise in January, which of course creates quite the difficult scenario for Arsenal this winter. We know that financial fair play has been a big factor in Arsenal's restricted spending and uh, limited activeness uh, in the in the market and things like that towards the end of the window. And with that, you know, won't have disappeared. Uh, Arsenal will still have a relative amount of, of restriction in January and they'll need to sell in order to buy or at least loan some players out in order to make space for those players to come in. 60 million is a lot of money. Is that what he's worth? I mean, in regards to this market where we're at now, I mean, Arsenal paid £65 million for Kai Havertz and Douglas Luiz, you'd argue, has had a much more successful season and last couple of seasons than Kai Havertz and is a very similar age at 25. So, you know, basing on that, you'd say yes, but I do try and avoid the idea of, of comparing price tags of players because contexts are always so different. There's so many factors that go into the, the price of what a player costs, whether it's age or length of contract or form or, you know, the club that they play for, their nationality, you know, things like that always go into it. So it's difficult. I'm not sure that I would pay £60 million for Douglas Louise. I think you could probably get a better player or two good players that could add depth in, in two positions. I think you could go to Fluminense and get Andre, who's a really exciting young defensive midfielder who'd probably cost half that amount and then spend another 30 million or maybe another exciting young winger that can give us depth in the forward line rather than spending 60 million pounds on a player that wouldn't necessarily be guaranteed to start, especially when everybody is fit. So difficult one, but let us know your comments down below and in the comment section after the rewatch as well, how much you think Douglas Louise is worth? What realistic what a realistic figure is because I don't think it's unrealistic that Villa should put this price tag on him. If I was Aston Villa, I would be asking for £60 million for Douglas Louise. You know, I don't think you can have any qualms at, at Villa for putting that price tag. He's just signed a brand new deal. He's in great form. They don't need to sell. They don't want to sell. So I've got no issue with Villa saying that they want £60 million for him because I think that's probably, if I was Villa, what I'd also be asking for. So yeah, but let us know what you would end up maximum paying for him and what you'd use £60 million on instead. Right, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. (laughs) 
So this is part two of our 8am show, which of course means that we're going to tackle as many of your questions as we can in the chat box. You can ask us uh, a wide variety and range of topics that you'd like, uh, typically revolving around Arsenal, but we're not always so um, so restricted here. We haven't got any financial fair play going on to restrict what questions you're asking. So um, feel free to, to go hell for leather and, and chuck your questions into the chat and uh, we'll try and tackle as many as we can. Jay says, Sorloff, Sesco or Sikan? Which one? I don't think I know who... Sikan is. Um, so I, I, I not him. Uh, of the three, I think I'd go for Sesco. I think uh, Alexander Sorloff has, has kind of, you know, reached a point of not necessarily being in the age bracket, I think. I mean, I might be wrong. I just feel like Sorloff has been around for a really, really long time. Let me have a check. He is 27. Yeah, again, he's not really in the age bracket uh, that I think Arsenal would be going for in terms of a striker. Danilo Sikan, uh, Ukrainian centre forward for Shakhtar Dinets, 22 years of age. He's got two goals and two assists in 11 Ukrainian league games, um, three goals in four in the Champions League, which I think is probably what's gaining him a little bit more uh, notoriety. Oh, he scored the goal against Barcelona. Was that him, the header, after a fantastic move from uh, from Shakhtar? Maybe it's him. Um, but uh, I can't say I know anything really about him, so I could be wrong with me to judge. Um, so there you go. Uh, Ken says, who are we moving on or not registering to make space in our squad for any incomings in January? And this is the question. It's like, how do you move players? Well, I think Cedric is the obvious choice. But beyond that, who do you move on? Like, I know people would say, well, I'd move Havertz or Vieira or Smith-Rowe or Nketiah. Now, it's really easy to say that. But realistically, are those players going to move on? I'm not sure. You know, especially not Havertz, you know, and especially not... Um, I'd be very surprised to see Nketiah or Nelson move on in January, to be honest. Smith-Rowe, maybe alone. Maybe you can see Smith-Rowe moving on on loan uh, to get some more regular game time ahead of the summer. Uh, maybe Ramsdale could leave on loan. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure uh, about what we might see regarding potential outgoings in January. I mean, Partey was being linked, but with his injuries, it's difficult to know if that's going to happen. Uh, Blackshine says, Saka was fit. Would you still rest him today? No, uh, I wouldn't rest him. I'd play him. Um, I'd play Saka from the start and, uh, you know, it's, we've got an international break coming up. So I would play Saka personally in this uh, fixture. Tammy says, Nuno Tavares, discuss. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to see where the future is going to lie for Nuno Tavares. I think Arsenal, I don't know if Forrest are going to activate that um, that that clause, um, but uh, they're going to need him to perform a lot better. Omar's in the chat. Omar, it's been an incredibly long time. Good to see you back, my friend. Omar was one of our and has been one of our longest-term listeners uh, in the chat. It's been away for a little while. I hope things are all good with you, my friend. And uh, and welcome back. Uh, it's always good. I always tell people, if you need to take a break, if you need to take your mind away from things, if you need to jump out of the show's chat, the community, or whatever, for whatever reason, you know, I know, you know, Penny Ween's not been with us for a little bit in the chat box because it's important that people take breaks. It's important that people take their mind off things and focus on the things that truly do matter. You know, I should only be like, like 37% of your daily focus. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I do think that, that Omar is, is you know, like others, uh, absolutely right to take breaks and things, and uh, it's nice to see people when they come back as well. Uh, Johan says, if we're going to pay $60 million for him, I think that we can get better elsewhere for the same money. Uh, obviously, Douglas Louise. And Coho says, is Tottenham's title charge over with uh, Mickey van der Ven and Madison out until January? It's going to be a big challenge for them now. You know, they play Wolves. If they can overcome that with a huge amount of players out. No, Adoji suspended. No, Romero who's suspended. And now, of course, Madison and Van der Ven out as well. Going to be very interesting to see how they cope uh, with the significant number of changes to their starting lineup for this game. Hopefully, Arsenal can take advantage 
of that. Uh, I suppose we should probably have a look at what Premier League fixtures that we've got coming up uh, this weekend, so you're very well aware. Of course, the early kickoff today is that Tottenham game. So, all Spurs, 12.30. be interesting to see how, indeed, that one plays out. Arsenal play Burnley. Crystal Palace play Everton. Man United play Luton. Those are the 3pm kickoffs this afternoon. Uh, Bournemouth then play Newcastle. Very interesting game, of course, again, seeing how Newcastle are built upon that victory over us and the injuries and suspensions that they've also got to deal with because no Bruno Gimaraes in that game. Uh, and then on Sunday, we've got Aston Villa against Fulham, Brighton against Sheffield United and Liverpool against Brentford. That's all because of those European games. So no televised game uh, of those three, despite Liverpool and Villa and Brighton all being in action. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, that those games are moved to a Sunday and then they're not going to be on TV. And then West Ham United, uh, are playing Forest at 2 o'clock at the same time. So four 2pm games tomorrow on a Sunday. Very interesting indeed. It's going to be people's fantasy notifications popping off at 2 o'clock tomorrow. And then the big game in the afternoon, of course, is Chelsea against Manchester City. Very interesting indeed to see how that one goes down. Now, if Arsenal want to go top of the table today, they're going to need to win by six goals if they want to go top. So if Arsenal can manage to beat Burnley 6-0, which was my prediction yesterday, I was kind of coerced into that one then Arsenal would be top come the end of today. But uh, it's quite the ask to put six past Burnley. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see if that is indeed feasible. Um, you'd hope so. You'd hope that it's possible. But uh, it's no guarantees. Uh, Byron says, morning, Tom. Question, since I haven't been on the uh, live for a while, I have to ask, uh, will we see a Havertz, Benny Blanco and Tommy triple screamer today? Have a good day, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Benny. Uh, Byron. Very, very kind of you indeed. Um, that'd be great. Screamers from all three of them. All of our special TGTs, you know, screamers from Tommy Asu, Benny and, and Havertz would be quite the turn up for the books, wouldn't it? I'd love to know the odds on three goals being scored from outside of the box from those those players. So there you go. Um, let's go to George says, is Arteta in danger of getting five yellows? Yes, I think he's on three, is he not? Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Jürgen says, spoiler. What have I spoiled? What did I do? Have I... What did I spoil? Tell me. I don't know what I've spoiled for you. <laughs> uh, Damon says, are you going to go on a rant about the manager of the month? <laughs> Someone's in my article. <laughs> yeah, that article got quite a lot of attention uh, yesterday. Um, let me have a look at what it's doing. My Twitter has basically not stopped. Um, I wake, I, I literally close my phone for five minutes and then I open it back up and there's like where it comes out with a little 20 plus, like when you've got more notifications than Twitter can actually tell you that you've got. I put two tweets up. One of the first ones was quoting the fact that Ange Postacoglu had got manager of the month. I said, we beat City unbeaten. It's hilarious, really. Um, because, of course, Tottenham, uh, Tottenham's manager, Ange, picking up for wins over Fulham, Palace and Luton Town, in which they had 10 men in that game, obviously. Arsenal's month of October was a win over the treble winners, Manchester City. Uh, we had that comeback against Chelsea to draw 2-2 and we beat Sheffield United 5-0. Um, and then I did an article on it because um, I was just kind of in the mood to, to kind of get some feelings off my chest. That's one of the benefits of being able to write about those things is that you can, you know, uh, get those those thoughts and feelings. I did a, a tweet for the article, which was Mikel Arteta robbed of October Manager of the Month award despite beating Treble with his Man City and going unbeaten, scoring eight goals in three games. Ange picks up the award after wins over Luton, Palace and Fulham. That tweet has got 618,000 engagements <laughs> so yeah as you can see my my phone has been kind of going mad uh since yesterday and i can tell you that most of them are tottenham fans <laughs> most of them are tottenham fans saying why are we living rent free in your mind 
It's a story. I wanted to do a piece on it. And so I have. But it was quite funny seeing my phone absolutely just go mental uh, after I wrote and tweeted that article out yesterday. Um, Sending his greetings from Thailand. No Enketia tonight, please. Harsh. Harsh indeed. The last promoted side that we played, any Enketia, scored three goals against. So harsh. Uh, I, I did my prediction, my preview show yesterday. Obviously, the guys and my, my team does include Enketia. It still does include Trossard. It also includes Saka, Martinelli and Havertz. So if you want to see how that all fits together, go and have a watch of our preview show. Uh, Iwegmu says, uh, what we need is just a striker and a CDM like Fafana. With that, we can play Jesus behind the main striker and then partner Rice and Fafana to act as the base uh, and a shield to defence uh, and that attack as well. I think if we added a forward and a DM, I think we'd be in a great place if they were of starting quality. So adds plenty of depth to the squad. That's that's for sure. Um Byron says the football world has gone mad for Ange and Spurs. I think that maybe Arteta's comments uh, has probably played a part in him not getting that award. You've beaten the treble winners, you know, and you've obviously got a great result in the end at Chelsea, despite it looking very much like the opposite. Uh, and then you've absolutely battered aside with some fantastic goals and some great football against Sheffield United. So to not win the award when the opponent you're winning against has won against Fulham Palace and, and Luton Town is kind of mad, isn't it? It is It is a kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, there you go. So I suppose I shouldn't get too like worked up over it, and I'm not. It's just like, it's just find it mad. I just find it really crazy. It's just so obvious. Uh, Darius says, where's Erdegaard in that attack? Uh, not in the team, mate. So uh, he's he's not going to be there. Uh, Maximir says, hey, Tom, I'm not keen on Louise at 60 million. To use your own argument, he doesn't improve the team better than Partey. He has done well decently, uh, but he is still a player that I'd keep in the squad and he's not a first teamer. And I don't think that's unreasonable at all you know I think if you're going to try and sign somebody you've got to try and get them in to push the needle what I would say is the difference between a player and the pushing the needle argument regarding the midfield is that Partey's lack of availability does change things and also Partey's ability is obviously of such a high standard when he's playing consistently and is fully fit that it's difficult to be able to find a player that can be as good as him you might find a younger player that's got the potential to be as good as him and that might be the way forwards but his availability is so poor that that does change the context of the argument and that point specifically somewhat. Um, Ryan says, hey, Tom, since Partey is injured, is recalling Charlie Patino a January option, uh, in January an option in midfield. Well, usually Arsenal do insert recall clauses into their contracts. For instance, uh, Charlie Patino, I believe, did have a recall clause in his deal um, last season. Uh, sorry, not uh, Charlie Patino. Uh, Miguel Aziz, uh, we sent to Portsmouth. He had a recall clause uh, in his, uh, his loan deal the season before last, and obviously he went off to Ibiza and then was recalled and went back to Wigan. Arsenal do tend to put those recall clauses into those loans. So uh, I'd be surprised if there wasn't one in the one between uh, us, uh, Swansea and Patino. So uh, I don't know if that's the right option, but uh, if Arsenal aren't able to spend, maybe it is. Maybe it's not a bad idea, Ryan. So I don't, I wouldn't dismiss that uh, out of hand at all. So yeah, there you go. Um, let's scroll up in the chat box a little bit more. Um, uh, I feel like I wanted to see, uh, if Omar had explained where he's been because <laughs> uh, I was curious. Uh, and he says, uh, it's just right. All good. That's fine. But I uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. Um, 37%. Oh, you guys are laughing at that. Yeah. No, that was one of my better ones. Uh, Peter says, Tom thoughts on the three out of five, uh, Cats, IFP, staying that Bruno Gimaraes... I think I touched upon this a bit yesterday. Oh, the Bruno Gimaraes thing. Three out of five um, panellists saying that Bruno Gimaraes wasn't a red card. I think it's predictable. 
it's very, very predictable, uh, Peter, to be fair. So, yeah, uh, sorry, but uh, it's, it's just a blatant rant. I did enjoy Martin Keown's rant on TalkSport uh, yesterday talking about the the penalty uh, and the like the sorry the um the Newcastle goal and like you know, how it's kind of mad that players and people didn't didn't think I also enjoyed Graham Souness even backing up Arteta. It's a really backwards world at the moment. You know, we're seeing Graham Souness, Richard Keyes all coming to the defense of, of Arteta. It is a little bit strange. It is a little bit odd. I'm here for it, but it is yeah, it's it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's a bit strange. And uh, you know, I'm, I hope that Arteta continues to get the support because he deserves it after that kind of ridiculous incident uh guns and yellow ribbons good to see you in the chat box guys uh missing my first game in years as i'm not well uh but can everyone go into the game sing loudly and get behind the team uh not tottenham songs though um of course i think um i don't want to go into that topic because it's obviously a very it's, it's a serious one in some ways in many ways in obvious ways um but guns and yellow ribbons i hope you're feeling well my friends and i hope you can recover very soon and get back to the emirates asap uh, Omar says things have been a bit busy with college and uni, so I've had not the easiest of times, mate. I've been there. Uh, my third year at university was uh, really tough, um, and I struggled a lot mentally with that year. So I completely empathise with what you're going through, and uh, just make sure you talk to people, um, surround yourself with people that you can talk to, or you know, reach out to family and friends from home. Uh, it's always always important to to keep people around you that can give you that support. Because trust me. You know, and I'm talking about just back then, you know, it's things going on as, as I've been kind of hinting to, you know, now and people around you are really important and really key to talk to, to speak to, to bring you that support. So reach out. Don't suffer in silence. Um, Philip says, on Zinni playing in CM, I would like it, but with Timber out and Zinni and Tommy being high-risk injury players, I understand why Mikel wouldn't want to risk both players on the pitch at the same time. And I think that's a completely fair point. Uh, I think that Zinchenko and Tommy in the field at the same time is a bit risky because you could lose both of them. Uh, and then and then you're in real trouble. I suppose you've got Kivior. Kivior could play left-back. So that is an option. If you want to play Zinni in midfield, you could play Kivior at left-back. So that is something you could try, I guess, if you were desperate to play Zinchenko in the middle. Um, Dale is asking, oh, Dave, what is the NFL equivalent to Arsenal? Um, I, again, my NFL knowledge is, is, is crazy bad. So... I'm very kind of, I'm very, very, very intrigued what the answer to that question might be. Uh, Trader IQ Mike uh, says, uh, oh, Mike in the chat says, loan watch session coming, Tom. We might we might have a loan roundup in January, at the end of the January window, because obviously we'll know then who's stayed and who's going to be at their clubs for the rest of the season. It's just a lot of um, resources to go into making those shows, and they're not necessarily always the most popular. So I didn't, I haven't done them this season because it's kind of a niche topic that only like a certain small sector of people are interested in. And you have to like sometimes time management is, is important. Um, but maybe we'll do like a, a halfway stage roundup, if you like. Um, a lot of suggestions. Old Dave says Philly Eagles or uh, Grantly Poo says uh, the Patriots uh, could potentially be the Arsenal equivalent. Who's, um, isn't there a, a coach that, is it the Rams um, that have the coach that Arteta is kind of like, I know that because obviously they're owned by the same people. So I can't, you you guys will know better than me. But I'm just kind of spitballing off what's just popped into my head. But isn't there a coach that Arteta's kind of spoken to and, you know, they have kind of a good relationship and they've discussed like tactics and how the sports cross over and things like that. Maybe you guys will be able to tell me in the chat. But I'm sure that's that's not just me creating a crazy hypothesis. I'm sure that is, is certainly, it's certainly true. Um Jay says, looking for a centre mid or a DM. I mean, centre mids and DMs, you know, Yusuf Fafana has always been my uh, choice. So I'd, I'd absolutely go for him. I think he's the right player to go for. Um, let's go 
to uh, Ryan says, Tom, what do you think about PGMO advertising for VR officials? Did you see the criteria? No, I've not. Was that serious? Um, I'd be very interested to know uh, what the criteria is, Ryan. Maybe you can chuck it in. But I don't know if this is a joke <laughs> or not. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's something that we've been all been duped online with people making up these adverts. It's like, did you see the um, the spoof VAR discussion of the Arsenal Newcastle game? Like someone put up like a video of like what they would the their interpretation of what the VAR audio would have been like and so many people believed it like so many people thought it was real and they had to do like a community notes post underneath it like it shows you like how how believable people can be with things i thought it was relatively clear that it was a joke uh mainly because the people talking are are very young (laughs) and none of the var officials are of that age and uh, whilst i thought it was an excellent parody of of the entire thing uh, i was shocked to see how convinced it was uh, of people so so there you go um that's going to bug me now. LA Rams coach. Uh, who is it? Because that's really going to bug me if I don't find out who it is. Sean McVeigh. That's who it is. Yeah. So Arteta and Sean McVeigh, um, they have conversations. I'm sure they're on really good terms and they've kind of discussed. Uh, Arteta's talked about how he's discussed tactics with, with Sean McVeigh before. So yeah, that was who I was, was thinking of. Um, let's go to. Uh, Talib says, hello, I'm from France. I'm here in London. Can I still buy tickets for today's match? You're going to struggle, Talib. Um, And I would always, you know, recommend serious caution uh, about buying tickets on match day because usually the ones that are available, you you run a high risk of being scammed. So just be really careful. Go through the official routes if you can. Keep checking the ticket exchange. Maybe some tickets will go up on there. Uh, It's the Arsenal ticket exchange. It's part of the official website. Yeah, very, very hard. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to buy on game day. It's just it's not like other sports or other clubs, even in this sport, where you can do that. So just be really careful to leave uh, when it comes to trying to get tickets on game day because um, you can get duped very, very easily. Um, Dickens says, morning, Tom. Uh, have you seen uh, an Arsenal improvement from Kai in recent games? I feel like he's been trying and hopefully it's a matter of time until he's fully integrated. Yes, I have absolutely seen an upturn in form from Kai. Um, he is a player that has got potential, he's got quality, we've seen it, we know it's there, it's just about unlocking it and that is going to be the biggest challenge for Arsenal. So hopefully we can get there. Anyway, we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope you have a fantastic day. Let's hope that Arsenal bring home the points uh, and improve all of our moods. Uh, That'd be great. It's always a fantastic end to your day. But uh, elsewhere and otherwise, if they don't, you know, just always try and have extra things going on in your world. Uh, Arsenal is not the be-all and end-all of everything, uh, and there is certainly more to life than that. So stay safe, stay well, stay happy. Um, and uh, if you're struggling for whatever reason, my DMs are always open. Um, so you can always get in contact at Daguna Talk TV or at Tom Canton Media on social media or at Daguna Talk on Instagram. Um, so thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I very much appreciate it. And uh, I will see you all very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.